0: Well, hello and welcome back to My Business Playbook. I hope that you are having a lovely week. I hope that your week is off to a great start. Now, today we are talking all things money. We are joined by Matt Clements, who is the founder and financial advisor of Newcastle Empowered Wealth. Matt and his wife, Danny, are dear friends of Nathan and I, and I'm really glad to have him on the show, talking all things finance for your small business. We're going to be talking about money mindset. We're going to be sharing well, we, I mean Matt, (laughs) Matt is going to be sharing the key metrics you need to be measuring in your business, how you should really be thinking about money, how to get a handle on the finances in your business and why it's so important to get this right. If you're listening, I hope you have a notepad ready. Not if you're driving though, please don't do that. Like, you know, we don't want any accidents or anything happening here, but I really know that you're going to love this episode it's really practical and I encourage you to listen in and if you love it please share it with a friend and you know share the good vibes it's really good to I don't know it's like good karma or something like that anyway let's dive into my conversation with Matt Clements of Newcastle Empowered Wealth Woo! Well, Nat, it's so good to be with you today. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm looking forward to this conversation. And I know that you have a lot to share with our community today. You have a lot of expertise when it comes to finance. And as I've said earlier, you are, as well as being a financial advisor, you are an accountant, you're a chartered accountant as well. So you have this unique kind of mix of both of these skill sets, really. And that's what I think makes you really, really good at what you do. So I'm looking forward to hearing what you're going to share with our community today. How are you? What's up?
1: Great. <laughs> Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Um, Yeah, really excited to get into it. Laura and I, for your audience, have a really great relationship. been working together ourselves between our businesses uh, for quite some time. So yeah, really looking yep. to share some insights and um, yeah, talk finance.
0: Yeah, and we used to share a studio together at Ink's Hub here in Newcastle. And so we kind of our businesses were on very similar trajectories at the same time, so we would kind of pop our head over the corner and be like, "Hey, I need help with this." And I would be like, "I don't know how to use zero like <laughs> help." And like there were things where it was like, "Oh, this Instagram thing's come up or this Canva thing's come up." And so we kind of helped each other along in the journey. So, tell us about New Wells. Like, how did you start the business and and what was kind of the lead up to you starting New Wealth?
1: Yeah, so um, I guess to kick it all off, uh, financial advice is the business. Uh, Newcastle Empowered Wealth is our name. Um, We focus on financial advice to young professionals, young families and small business owners. We're a little bit unique in terms of the people that we work with, in that we're very clear on working with uh, a younger type of client. So, generally, the ages to 30 to 40. Uh, so, you and I, Laura, a perfect example um, of all the things uh, that reflect, I guess, the clients of, of the business. Yeah. Goals based advice is what we do. So, I'm really trying to, when I engage with someone, understand what they want their future to look like where they're at right now, and then how over time can we use those strategies um, in a finance space to bridge the gap.
0: Yes, so good. And I love that your approach is really practical and it's really like one thing I I really appreciate about your approach to finance is that you don't approach it from a scarcity mindset, you approach it from this abundance mindset, which is really great because it sometimes I think when we start businesses – we just get tunnel vision and we think, oh my goodness, I need to make sales. I need to hit goals. I need to, like, I've got overheads. It's, there's stress involved. And I think having the mindset of, hey, you can always make more money. Like, I think yeah. it just makes you a bit more relaxed, doesn't it? Because you're like, oh, actually there's, there's always more people I can help. There's always more ways, creative ways to make money. Yeah. And it takes the stress out of the financial side of the business as well.
1: Yeah, and I, I love the word that you used, abundant. Um, it is yeah. running a business is hard. Sometimes you do get into the nitty-gritty and and you I guess move away from and that sort of a mindset. But if you can hold that for most of the time you're running your business, um, it just guides you on, on such a good path and was something we set as a really clear intention uh, with NEW. I'll call the business NEW. That's the acronym. Um, (laughs) It's what we set from day one. And, you know, we set up two and a half years ago. Um, We've had a fantastic ride over those periods. extremely quick growth uh far quicker than i could have ever expected Um, (laughs) yes and yeah like i guess that positivity that abundant sort of mindset and reaching out to friends and family um everyone wants to support you when you do take the leap and jump in and you know yourself for example
0: yeah, and I think it's it's really a great shift for anyone listening who who feels overwhelmed by the finance thing. And I, when I started my business, and I think for most people when they start their business, they have an understanding of their skill set, right? They understand, I know marketing, or I- I'm a photographer, or I'm uh, whatever. I maybe I'm a hairdresser or whatever. You have a skill set in your thing, but but there are so many other elements. It's not enough to just be good at your thing. You actually need to be good at the money side. You need to have a good team around you. You need to understand marketing. You need to understand like your actual finances and cash flow. So there are so many elements. It's such a steep learning curve when you start because you realize, oh my goodness, if I don't make money, I don't really have a business. And I know we're going to go into the practical side of all of that, Matt. And I'm really looking forward to that, but a little bit on your journey. I love to know what people do well and, and what they get right in the journey. And so in starting new, what do you think were the things that you were like, yes, I'm so glad I did that. And I I feel like I got this right.
1: Yeah. So one of the things that I had from day one, and even prior to starting the business is I had a business coach yeah. Um, he was the biggest asset to me in those early days. There was a big investment involved. I was actually paying my business coach more than I was paying myself for the first thing of <laughs> the business. So that was huge. Um, but I made that commitment because I knew that the benefits would outweigh the costs. Um, and now that I look back on it, it was the fundamental that, that helped me because um, everything that you just said, Laura, around you've got to wear 20 different hats And if if you've got someone alongside you who's done it before and been through that experience and knows how to guide you on what to focus on at particular milestones, um, for me that was just huge. So business coach, number one, um, was huge for me and probably the second one was I was extremely intentional with our brand. I did a lot of research uh, knowing that we were going to be local to Newcastle. I looked at other advisors um, in the city uh, and I sort of reflected on the way in which they were marketing their businesses. Uh, for me at the time, I was seeing a lot of really dark colours, a lot of stock images that looked ridiculous. Um, <laughs> it, was a, it felt very fear-based. So I was trying. Uh, for me, it didn't sit well. It didn't feel positive. So once yeah. I kind of collected that of what I guess other people out there were doing, we did the total opposite. So extremely bright brand um, very welcoming very authentic we put ourselves out there me and my wife Danny who's in the business with me um, the photos are us so that was pretty big to do a few cool little photo shoots Um, but you know I think we got our brand right and um, the feedback that I hear a couple of years later is that that's what a lot of people are connecting with which is which is really good.
0: Yeah. And, and your branding, like you're, you're right. Your branding's really strong and your photos are incredible. Like Benedict Sutton, shout out. Uh, he is incredible. And he takes such beautiful photos. And I love that you invested in that straight away because you really knew your audience and you knew that, hey, they care about how things look. They, they want the, the feel, they don't want, a stock image of like a person at a computer, like smiling at straight at the camera kind of thing. They don't want that. They they want something kind of a bit more authentic. And I think too, the
1: big thing is that knowing that we work with the the age of clients that we work with, you know, 30 to 40, um, yeah. pretty much the way that I can describe it is the people that I work with are me. Uh, yes, young families they reflect who we are where we're at small business owners um so I thought well why not showcase um that you'd be working with someone that reflects yourself and, and that's what people 100%. Are, are connecting with which is quite cool
0: yeah and do you think Matt have there been any moments where you're like you have any missteps in your journey anything that you look back on and you're like I'll never do that again
1: Yep. Oh, (laughs) good name, Eves. Let's let's do some positive ones. Um, (laughs) I think the thing that comes to mind firstly, Laura, is um, getting to the point where you um, accept that you can't help everyone. Um, Mm. I've got a really um, strong drive of the benefits that advice give because I've seen it so many times. Um, But it did take me quite a long while to realise that I can't help everyone yeah. Um, at the start of the business, particularly when people used to say, no, I don't want to go ahead, I took it very personally. Um, it was a hit to my confidence and took me a while to bounce back. Um, but what I've learned since then is that so much of, of what I do and people that reach out and connect with us is, is about timing. Um, and a lot of that's outside of my control. So that kind yeah. of helped me navigate towards now being super clear on who we work with um, and Yeah, at the start, that was hard to learn.
0: Oh, I totally get that. That's a big one. Yeah. (laughs) So I really want to get into some financial, you know, tips and tricks um, because I know that a lot of our audience want to understand really the key things. I really want there to be some takeaways for our audience today of the key things they need to be measuring in their business, the key things that they need to avoid, um, how to really get their head around the financial side, the cash flow side of their business, and and really make it work for them. So yep. I'm excited to dive into this. So you work with a lot of small business owners, you work with a lot of entrepreneurs, young professionals. So what do you think are the biggest money mistakes that small business owners make?
1: The biggest one is not having a cash reserve. So whenever I sit down with anyone for the first time and talk about their business, um, the first question that I ask is how much of your revenue are you putting aside? So what I encourage people to do is, is set up a systematic way of knowing for every single dollar that comes into your business, you need to be putting a percentage of that aside as a reserve. Now, what's the reserve there to cover? It's your quarterly bills that are gonna hit you and if you don't have the money there already available, it's gonna be a really big shock. So I'm talking about your quarterly BAS, the superannuation that you've gotta pay, tax on your employee wages, and then getting ready to put money aside for your annual tax bill of your business as well. So, that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about. And I, I've seen where that goes wrong and the money's not aside. And then when the bill comes, it's absolute um, just question marks of, of, of how am I going to finance that? So, that's the biggest one.
0: And it's so funny because I remember... <laughs> that this is funny. I remember I, I was in the early days of the business, I was making like 400 bucks a week and I did the same thing as you. I invested in this business coaching program that was $1,200 a month. And like, you do the maths of that, Matt. (laughs) It's crazy, but it was really, really worthwhile. But I remember one day, uh, Nathan and I had just started dating and he was he's really, and Matt, you know, Nate, so you know, he's really entrepreneurial. He's really business-minded. He's really money-minded as well. And I got my tax bill And was like, it's $8,000. And I was like, I didn't even make eight grand. Like I was just, and I was. I remember it so vividly. I was going through the car wash and like, it was like the automatic one where you just sit in. And I was on the phone to Nath and I just cried on the phone. And like, we were not even, we hadn't even been dating that long. And I was like, I really do feel like I don't understand how I'm paying this much tax when I don't even feel like I, even saw that money, like where even was it, you know? And so I think a lot of people go, oh my gosh, like I've got to pay this quarterly, quarterly best. Then I've got to pay an annual tax. Then there's like PAYG and then there's all this other stuff. And so it feels like, uh, like, well, where did that money even go? It's Hectic.
1: <laughs> yep. Now I know Nathan, I know he would have been a superstar when you when he got that call. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you're absolutely right. Um, and what it's all about is setting up good money habits as you manage your business and good discipline. So you know you would have taken a very strong lesson from that and
0: oh yeah and
1: responded and and sort of reacted <laughs> accordingly. And and I know since then. Um, You guys are one of the people that that always have that money aside and and ready and available when that bill drops.
0: Well, that's really true and that is only because of that car wash crying incident where I was like a hot mess. But But it really instilled in me I need, before I do anything, as soon as someone pays me something, it needs to go into there's a tax account set up where I just every single week I'm putting money in it because it really stressed me out and it put pressure on me especially as a sole trader in early, you know, stages of business, I I didn't have a cash reserve to just go, oh, okay, well, I'll just quickly pay that. So, yeah, totally. Sorry, continue on what you were saying. How do you kind of, what would like a structure be like, you know, as an example of how to actually implement and set up this cash reserve?
1: Yeah, really good question. Um, Different businesses will require a different percentage. I think the easiest way to do it is always as a percentage of your revenue. So, mm. based on your industry and based on your profit levels and a whole bunch of other factors, um, I've got some clients that need to put 20% aside of every dollar in revenue that comes in. And I've got other people that, uh, other business owners that only need to put, say, 10%. But the way in which you should work up to it is you're better off picking some sort of a number than zero number because then you've got no reserve. So, start with something like 10%, for example, and then when you get that quarterly bill, have you accumulated enough over the quarter to pay all of the outgoing? If your answer is no, then you might need to increase it.
0: Okay, cool. So, if the answer is no, then you know, okay, something's off here. And does that then tell you, well, you're not making enough profit or you're not making enough revenue? Does that give you then a bit of a an idea of what you need to do to fix that
1: I think that's a totally separate conversation so to right. not blend the two um I think there's probably another way we could come around pricing and the elements that come into that which sort of yeah. guides you towards profitability um this for me should be the end result right this cash reserve sort of mechanism which is my suggestion for all business owners um really should be after all of those sort of pricing aspects and profit is taken into account.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So if someone is listening and feels like they can't get on top of the numbers side of things, they they kind of that maybe they have like a zero bookkeeping system set up, but they don't really understand how to even interpret the numbers. Like what's the best way to start or the best way to approach that?
1: So, the what, yeah, so great question. I guess the way that I look at it is that if you don't understand the fundamental numbers of your business, you're not setting your business up for success. Mm. So, my suggestion on that is you need to connect with someone if numbers are not your game. And, Laura, as you know, a lot of the business owners that I help are photographers, videographers, graphic designers, marketers. We're talking right side of the brain. So they <laughs> love they love that my left side of the brain don't get me to do any marketing. Yeah. Why we compliment each other. Um, but if it's not your bag, you need to connect with someone who's going to not only help you do it, but the important piece of the puzzle is teach you. The the amount of times that I've heard someone say, oh yeah, I've got a I've got a bookkeeper, I've got an accountant for that, um, and then you start asking them some of the fundamental numbers of their business and they don't know them. You need to know that stuff off the cuff, yeah. um, and the reason being is that the confidence and the knowledge that you get from that, and the ability that it gives you to guide the day to day decisions that you make as a business owner are fundamental. And sometimes I find it's a very common thing that's lacking. So you know. I look at knowledge of numbers as much as you need to have a website, you need to have a social media presence, you need to have a way for customers to pay you. I look at it as fundamental as that.
0: Yeah. And I think that it really does give you insight and it allows you to know, okay, well, how many sales do I need to make this month? Or how? like, it actually gives you context and it takes the, because I think what happens as creatives, we can go, oh my gosh, I don't understand it. It's not how I'm wired. And this isn't everyone, but then you kind of put your head in the sand and you just go, I'm just never going to look at it because it stresses me out. And, and so I think when for us, like even at the start of this year, we said, Nath being very numbers focused was like, this is how much money we need to keep the lights on. Like this is this is how, how many sales we need to make. And so we sat down with the team and we were like, okay we need to ramp this up a bit more. And we we had clearer metrics and KPIs because we knew, okay, well, actually this is how much it costs to run everything. And that gave me so much more confidence knowing that because I wasn't flying blind going, oh, I think we're doing well. Like we're having big months, but actually we can see, okay, are we are we seeing growth month on month? Are we not just breaking even. Like, are, are we actually making profit each month? So that clarity, and and I encourage anyone listening who it feels a bit like, oh, I'm just going to outsource it to a bookkeeper. That's really great for the day to day things. But I do, I totally agree. I think knowing your numbers really, it's it's the lifeblood of your business. Mm. So, Matt, what do you think are the key, and this might be like a million-dollar question, what do you think are the key numbers or key things we should be looking at, say, like in our zero or bookkeeping program? Like what are the key things, numbers we need to know?
1: I might come at this one a little bit different because um, you'd hear all of the traditional things like cover your overheads and your cost yeah. all those sorts of things. I'll come at it a different way. What do you want to pay yourself? When you start a business, there's so much risk, there's so much sacrifice, there's so much hard work that goes into it. Inevitably, you should be guiding your business in a direction towards a financial outcome for yourself. So, if you start with, well, I want to pay myself X amount, be different for everyone. Then you can look and go, okay, well, my business is here and I need it to be here to reflect that income level and am I making the right business decisions that are going to guide me towards that? So that's number one. Um, Be clear on what you would like to pay yourself and are you making the decisions that work towards that? Um, And then the second one, Laura, is an understanding of how profit works. Time and time again, I've seen people that, Uh, basically run businesses and have their pricing set with zero profit inbuilt into it. Guys, profit is not a bad thing. It's not a dirty word. It is an exciting thing and it's a reflection of the hard work that comes with running a business. You should be paying yourself exactly what you want and making profit on top of it. That's what comes with the sacrifices of running a business. So pay yourself right, number one, and two, make a profit at the end, um, and you'll definitely be building a business that's on the right direction.
0: Yes, I love that. And I'm, I'm glad that you brought up pricing because that's my next question for you. How much do you think mindset comes into play when it comes to pricing and and really when it comes to confidently positioning ourselves in the market, do you think it's it is a mindset thing or do you think it's purely a numbers thing and it's just like kind of less emotion emotional if that makes sense
1: yep great question it is 100 mindset it's all a reflection of yourself uh so one of the things that i share with our clients which a lot of people don't know is that um all of us generally build the fundamental beliefs that we have around money by the age of seven wow so, where do you get them from? Most of the time you get them from your parents. So, for some people, based on that, con- that context, um, it propels them forward and for other people it can hold them back. Um, so, when I sit down in a meeting and I meet with someone and they've got a very conservative money mindset, I ask about their parents and that usually starts unpacking where that's been built from. But if I can share an example, Laura, this would probably sum it up perfectly. Uh, I've got a client that I've been working with for some years. He's a landscaper and lawnmower. That's his business. Um, And when we first met, we got an understanding of where his pricing came from. And he was having a real struggle financially within his business. He said he never had any cash flow, all of those sorts of things. And then what I very quickly learned is that lawnmowing and landscaping was what his father did. So I said to him, Where do you get your pricing from? And he said to me, I charge the same amount as my dad does. That was pricing that was 20 years old. So, what we actually did was we used the numbers to start giving him the confidence to raise his prices. Once he understood that basically every single job he was taking on, he was losing money, didn't have the ability to pay himself, was making negative profit. Um, And then from there, we actually, over the course of a six-month period, doubled his prices on every single job. And he lost very little clients because what he was able to do from the process that we went with was confidently articulate why his prices had to go up. And he had long-standing customers and they all said, that's fine. I thought you were too cheap for too long anyway. So, um, you know. in a very short space of time, about 12 months, he went from the scenario that we first started with to significantly increasing what he was paying himself and having a profit at the end. So, yeah, that was, that's quite a cool story that I like to reflect on. Yeah. Um, and yeah, probably the last thing that I'll say on that when it comes to pricing, Laura, is um, what one person will come in and tell you is expensive. What I've learned is the next person will come in and tell you that that's cheap at the same price point. Yeah. Because each person um, that you engage with in your business overlays their own money beliefs. So um, sometimes you've got to let go of it being a reflection of yourself and understand that it's actually um, from, I guess, the client themselves and, and where they're coming from. And um, yeah, yeah, not take it as something that you need to respond to in any particular way.
0: Yeah, you're so right, because it, it can make you feel like you have to kind of yo-yo. If if you went off what what everyone else's perspective on your price is, yeah, it would be the exact same thing. For us, some people would be like, "Oh, easy, I'll pay today." And other people it's like, "Oh, that I couldn't I couldn't possibly do that." And that's it, totally fine, but it's just a it, it's we have to actually be confident enough to charge what we're charging. And and one cool thing for me was once I and you know, for us I'm we're always reiterating and refining this because it it moves and and things change and things change yep. in the market and we we update our offers or we launch something different and so we're always looking at okay is the market willing to pay this and do we feel comfortable pricing it at this and as soon as we did that money that kind of just had a huge spreadsheet and went okay this is how much we need for our business to kind of function. Once we did that, I was like, right, we're increasing our prices next week. (laughs) Because I was like, that's it. Like no one else is going to make the call for me to charge more except me. Like your landscaping guy, his clients aren't going, you're too cheap. You need to charge more unless they're like a a good friend or something or a good Samaritan. Your clients aren't going to do that. They're they're just going to be like, oh, I think they are too cheap, but I'm going to, I'm happy with it, you know. So I think the only person who can actually make that decision is the business owner. And so anyone listening who feels like, oh, I, I don't even know if I could, I've never thought about increasing my prices or any of that. I feel like once you know the raw costs of running the business, you know, okay, where is our business actually at? It it gives you so much clarity and confidence. Totally that completely makes sense that 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 your client felt like oh I'm losing money <laughs> like I need to do this now yeah. kind of thing.
1: And to, and to your point there Laura if everyone that you speak with as a potential client or customer says yes then you're too cheap. If everyone says no then you're too expensive. You need to be finding some sort of a middle ground there and personally I work with a lot of wedding photographers um, and where I'm saying that where I'm sort of guiding them is saying Getting a no is a good thing because you can learn so much from it. If you're kind of getting, for example, in an industry like that, if you're getting one no out of four, one no out of three, that's actually a good thing because it's telling you that your price point suits some particular people and doesn't suit others. So, you know, again, some, some industries that have really helped some people increase their pricing, increase their profit, increase what they're paying themselves. That's where you should be going.
0: Ah. Uh. I love it. Now, I want to finish off with some rapid fire questions for you, Matt.
1: Love
0: it. Uh, yeah, I think we're just going to do it. Finish this sentence. Success looks like?
1: Freedom, passion and control of your own destiny.
0: Yes. I love that. What is one thing small business owners need to stop doing today?
1: Um, stop spending your time on people who don't value your product or service. Uh, They can be an absolute drain on your energy as the owner and leader of the business. Uh, And that has a flow on effect to the whole rest of your business and how it operates. So um, think abundantly. Let's circle back to that word that we used at the start. Um, Communicate to the market what your product and service is and who you want to work with um, and let those people show up for you.
0: Yeah. And final question, the biggest piece of advice that you wish you knew when you started your business?
1: really good one uh let's just keep it nice and simple and straight to the point it's going to be really hard running a business is hard uh you will have great days you will have bad days and you will have absolutely everything in between um laura and i working in the pod together here at inks at the early stages of our businesses um we were shoulders for each other in some (laughs) of those bad days
0: oh yeah
1: (laughs) i remember them vividly yeah but if you know that going into it and you are setting up a business that has a connection with something that you truly believe in, you'll literally set yourself up for success. You've got to love what you do because the work will come with it. Um, But if you set up a business, um, stick through it, work hard, um, you can come out the other side and and see your vision become a reality um, and there's nothing better. So anyone that's doing it, guys, wishing you absolutely all the best.
0: Amazing. Matt, you are Incredible. I feel like there are so many other things we could unpack here, but for the sake of time, we're going to wrap it up. Where can people engage with you further? Because I know so many people listening would want to know more about you and more about what you do at New. So where can people reach out and connect with you?
1: Yeah, so all of the traditional channels, Laura, is perfect. So um, we've got a fantastic website, uh, newwealth.com.au. Uh, Instagram is probably uh, a, a big one for us um, and I just – Just communicating what our brand stands for so um, if you ever want to jump on any of those channels you can find it on our website um, or anything else Uh, love to hear from people within this network Um, Laura I know you you work with some fantastic small business owners so yeah guys um, thank you for listening been a pleasure to share some insights and again wishing you all the best
0: amazing there you have it. That is the play-by-play for this week. Now, if you want to access any of Matt's website, his Instagram, anything like that, head on over to our show notes and you can find all of the links. I know you're going to love everything that they put out there. It's really awesome. As always, if you loved this episode, please send me a DM and let me know. I love getting your DMs every week. So please send me a DM. Let me know what you loved about it. Let me know what you'd love to hear next. I'm always on the lookout for guests for the show. So please let me know what you think and share it with a friend awesome okay I hope that you have a wonderful wonderful week and I will see you back here same time same place in the meantime though go get them